gentlemen to the we're having a good time podcast my name is dusty slay i'm your host i'm here with my wife co-host and mother of my children uh hannah hogan hey we still don't have a baby i know i said that announcement last week too we still don't have a baby so we're still waiting so we we uh uh have um you know a new name uh has entered the chat as they say now but uh I like the name Hank. I've been leaning towards the name Hank over the last few days. This is why. I like Hank Williams. I like Hank Williams Jr. I like Hank Williams III. Okay. Um, I like Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Um, Hank means a ruler of the house, according to a website I looked at today. Yeah, and I said that might give you a little bit of... uh competition though if you're siring your son that name i but mean th- th- be careful what you what you name your son no i like that though i mean i'm i'm, I'm trying to raise up a, a a man that's trying to take control <laughs> you know well, i mean yeah, that's I what i'm so. trying to raise up i don't want to be pushing him out of the house when he's 25 going hey buddy get with it yeah um uh, so I like the name. I think, I mean, I, I don't know. My middle name's Richard. My dad's middle name's Richard. Uh, my dad has always wanted me to name my son Richard. My dad goes by Richard. It is his middle name, but he goes by Richard. My grandfather's name was Guy Slay. And as far as I know, he did not have a middle name. His name was Guy Slay. And then my dad is Guy Richard Slay. And I am, uh, my middle name's Richard uh, too. Dusty Richard Slay. Let's be honest. Dusty Richard Slay. No. And um, so I, I I feel like my dad wants me to go Richard. And um, and I I don't mind carrying it on, you know. So, but I so I'm just thinking Hank Richard Slay sounds pretty good, but also Duke Richard Slay sounds pretty good because Duke is a title of royalty and there's been a lot of like King Richards. So like Duke Richard has a real royal feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a strength to it. Yeah. So that's where we're at. That's what we're, 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 we're kind of teetering on those. I don't know if teetering is the right word, but we're back and forth about it. Yeah. Um, so still no comedy because I'm, you know, I'm off waiting for the baby to be born, trying to get the house ready, trying to get down some of the things that, that Daisy had when she was a baby that we put in the attic and we put in various storage places. Now we're trying to pull them back out, see what we got, see what we're working with here. We're painting. Buy some new things if we have to buy them. We're painting. We got, uh... Uh, uh, thankfully, uh, we have a friend of ours who likes to paint. So she's come over and she's been painting the room. I hate painting. There's a lot of things I like to do, but painting is not one of them. I just, I'm just not into it. Um, and so thankfully she's come over and done some painting for us. So, and then, you know, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to set up a bed in there. Um, you got to set up a bassinet. I got to set up a bassinet. I got stuff to build. But so we're gearing up, we're getting ready, very exciting. 
Uh, appreciate the prayers. I've gotten emails from people saying they've been praying for us. So I appreciate that. Because uh, we could, you know, we can use it. We always can use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just pray for us going into the hospital. I don't even like the hospital. I don't want to be going in there. I wanted Hannah to have the baby in a bathtub, but uh, she prefers the company of uh, some medical staff. And I get it. I mean, I do get it, but I wanted to go full on bathtub babies up in here. <laughs> and just escape. I mean, I want to too, but then I get scared. Yeah. Well, the hospital scares me. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so that's what we got going on. Uh, it's exciting. We, we, uh, uh, Hannah does have some topics that, that we're going to talk about, but we, uh, my mom, my mom was staying with my sister up in Cleveland. That's where my mom's going to be moving to is Cleveland, Tennessee. And, um, so she's been staying with my sister and it's about halfway in between here and, 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 uh, the, the cabin, like the cabin's an hour and a half from Cleveland. So, um, you know, my mom drove up with her step great grandson, uh, Grayson, and we, me and Hannah and Daisy drove out to the cabin. I got some gutters installed, some fans. Uh, uh, look, saw one of my videos where I was advertising, where I was showing my cabin, and he goes, "I see you ain't got no gutters on that cabin. Do you need some gutters?" And I said, "Well, yes, I do." So he quoted me a price. I said, "Okay." He drove out, put the gutters on. He drove from North Carolina to do it, and we took a picture. I gave him a nice review. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I didn't see if they work. I, I I guarantee that they do, but I didn't see them work because it's not rained yet. But I can't wait. It actually, I actually am very excited about gutters, which is not something I ever thought I would say. But when we first started going out to the cabin and then it would start to rain, the rain would drip right down on the railings outside. It would drip on our front steps. It would drip when you're trying to get in the back door. And I was just so annoyed. I was like, I felt like the roof should extend further. And then when this guy contacted me about gutters, I was like, oh, yeah, that is what I need is <laughs> gutters. Yeah. And so I can't wait now. I'm excited about it. Uh, we went out. um, and uh, we got a little creek down at the bottom. And ever since Daisy has been able to fathom the idea that there's a creek down there, I don't know if fathom's the right word. The, the, the moment that she could see a creek and know that this is water and she wanted to be in it. So she's been wanting to get in that water for a long time. Even one day it was so cold, she kept trying to get in there. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to let her get in there. And then it's going to be so cold, she's going to hate it. So I, but I didn't want to just freeze her out. So I took off my socks and shoes and I got in the water and man, was it cold. And so I go, she's going to hate this. And I put her in it and she loved it. She wanted to stay. I was like, all right, (laughs) plan backfired here, but let's get out of here. Dad's cold. Um, But we went down there and a part of the creek had dammed up a little bit. There was all this kind of weird looking moss stuff algae that had clogged it up. So I got out there barefooted and started moving some of that moss so the creek could move freely. And then the next thing you know, Grayson's in the water, Daisy's in the water, my mom's in the water. Hannah's back at the cabin having the time of her life just relaxing. Yeah. And gutters are being put on and we're just down in the water throwing moss around, clearing this thing up. We found a couple of crawdads, a bunch of little minnows out there. It's summertime in Tennessee. Yeah. And it was a blast. Daisy loved it. 
she was so happy. I loved it too. I didn't want to leave. I got stung by a couple of little small uh, flying, I don't know. I don't know what they were, like sweat bees or something. That's what we used to call them. I used to get eat up by horse flies swimming in the creeks. Mm. Um, but it was fun. I had not had my feet down in a creek in a long time. And it that's felt a, good. That's a special kind of grounding. It is. It is. I really liked it. I did end up putting my shoes on and just getting them wet because there was a lot of rocks. And man, I was not ready for it. It was stabbing me up. Somebody made the comment on the Nateland Facebook page that I, when that picture I took with the uh, the gutter guys, um, they're roofers. I shouldn't call them gutter guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> roofers. Um he said, I'm surprised Dusty's not barefooted, grounding and connecting to the earth. And I said, well, this land's been a bit neglected. The ground is not very soft. You you might connect to a few cuts in your feet out there on the land. Mm -hmm. Now, I have grounded a little bit out there, but we are working on cultivating a front lawn. But a lot of that dirt out there is real hard, dry, red dirt. So it's hard to grow grass in it. I grew squash and watermelon and stuff pretty easy last year in a dirt hill, if you've not followed along with that series. But getting grass to grow, especially when I'm not out there, is a bit more of a challenge. So I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get a soft patch that we can get out there and do some grounding in. We need some clover up there. I'm working on the clover. We're getting it. Clover's great. Clover's so soft. Mm -hmm. And our, our, our plants at the house are really coming along great. We got... I thought that I'd been growing a mulein leaf plant last year because they say mulein takes, you know, a couple of years to get going. And I did grow one and it died. I don't know what happened to it, but it did die. But these others I thought were small mulein plants. So I grew them all last year and they were just, they're just like fuzzy little leaves. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I grew them all winter, uh, all summer last year. And then into the winter, they got snowed on a couple of times. They got real cold. They survived. And then when spring started to roll around, I was like, I'm going to plant these at various places in the yard. And then they grew up real tall and they had these big flowers on there. And I, I didn't know. I, I thought, well, I don't think that's mulein. I don't think mulein has... Uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. But I don't think that has a flower like that. So I downloaded an app. Cost me $29 a year, uh, which is really not a bad deal. Um, but I was hoping to find, you know, to not pay at all. But I, I, I scanned it, and it is a black-eyed Susan. Mm, love that name. Or a glorioso daisy. Mm -hmm. And I've had the hardest time growing flowers, but this year, we're really growing them. we got a lot of wildflowers. we got a lot of cool stuff. Well, this year, my sweet husband, you've got a few tricks up your sleeve. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have I have um, been into this one thing that I'll talk about in a second. But, um, you know, these started growing, you know, before this. I mean, I've been, I've been working it. But I've just now discovered this. I just discovered this thing called electroculture. Oh. And... Uh, and so I, I, you know, I just saw a TikTok video about it where people were taking copper wire, wrapping it around sticks and sticking it in their garden. <laughs> and Which I is just ground zero, the kind of stuff Dusty's into. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I'm into. Because it's kind of like puttering, just dithering and dallying and just kind of throwing some mud and some dirt and some moss together and then some wires. 
And there's no real rhyme or reason to it, but it's just there and you've done it and you can undo it and you can play around with it. And that's yeah. kind of what my husband likes to get into. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it. And, I, and also, I think it looks cool. I got these big sticks with some copper wrapped around it. And the idea, I don't, I, I listen, I listened to, a, I, I did a deep dive on it. I watched a few YouTube videos and listened to this one podcast about three times. Uh, it's a podcast called The Way Forward. Uh, it is actually really good. I mean, they talk about a lot of crazy stuff in there. So if you're if you're going to go listen, uh, be ready. But it, and I don't agree with everything they talk about. But the guy just interviews different people every every week or so. And so there was an electro culture um, podcast on there, uh, and you know the guy's just talking about. It. I mean, a lot of kooky stuff. But, but he's basically saying that you can use electroculture instead of the chemicals and the pesticides that have been, you know, um, embraced in the last 50, 60 years. Yeah, and I'm trying to go pesticide free. And also they talked about uh, iron and steel uh, tools versus copper. They said that copper keeps the soil moist and steel or iron dries out the soil. So I got these, I got these uh, hog panels or cattle panels that I've, I've, bent and stuck in there so that that I got I got uh grape vines growing over it I got I got uh bean vines growing up on it I got cucumbers growing up on it we got roses growing up on it and it's really a great thing but I believe it's iron or steel it's galvanized I looked up what galvanized means and it means to be dipped in zinc but I'm not exactly sure what zinc is but I kind of want to get them out of the thing now, but I got a lot of stuff built around it. I want to get them out of the, I want to keep them, but I want to get them out of the pot, out of the soil. But I'm just into it. I mean, copper, you know, I, I said that, you know, I, I always heard about people like meth heads, like going into old trailers and stealing all the copper wires so they could sell and get money to buy meth. But after buying a little bit of copper, it kind of makes meth seem like an affordable drug. <laughs> I mean, it's like copper is really not that expensive. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to try to buy a copper bathtub, which I looked into, very expensive. If you want to get some copper uh, silverware, pretty expensive. If you want to get some copper mugs, not that expensive. You want some copper wire, pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. I'm not comparing it to other wires. I don't know. But I'm just like, this is not that expensive. But our garden has really taken on a vibe because now we got these kind of copper antennas just jutting out yeah. all over the place. And, you know, Dusty goes out in the morning and checks out the garden and all I hear is, great, Scott. Yeah. Well, I'd never say great Scott. Yes, <laughs> I do. I never say great Scott. You become a little doc scientist. Okay, I'll great accept Scott. that. I'll accept that. But no, I definitely am not saying great Scott. <laughs> yeah, I am not. You are. I am not. You are. Uh, you're like, oh, great Scott. That's uh, all I can remember that he says. But but um, well, it is fun to mess around. It feels like you're. Um, um, you know, An alchemist. Yeah. They, well, I don't know. But they, well, what else did you put on the wire? Well, I bought a rock. I bought a stone. Hannah Some keeps, might call it a crystal. Hannah keeps calling it a crystal. I bought. I'm not into crystals. That's why I'm like, it is a rock. This this is a rock. It comes out of the earth. I don't care what people call it. It sure is shiny. Yeah, but it's a rock, yeah. and it comes out of the earth. 
And so I saw in one of these electroculture videos that some people had wrapped the copper around one of those stones and put at the top. And I just thought, you know what? Let's just try it. I put it in a plant that's not doing very well right now. So I thought, let's see. I mean, if there's a turnaround, I mean, if there's not, there's not. But, you know, I don't, you know, I don't get into these terms, alchemist, um, uh, mystic, mystic. What did, what did, what did you call the stuff? A crystal. I don't get into all that. These are, these are all materials that God gave us. They're all in the planet and it's all in how you use them. All I'm trying to do is grow plants. I'm not trying to summon spirits out here. I'm not trying to, I'm not carrying the, the stone for protection. Are you trying to summon mother nature? I'm not trying to summon anything. Okay. I'm trying to, this, if anything, I'm summoning energy, but I don't even like that term either. But that's what they say. It's energy from the earth. They said, think of the earth as a giant uh, charging station or, or battery. And, you know, you're just trying to, just trying to bring all the elements together. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, our garden looks good. And it there does is look good. life out here. Yeah. There is life. We got all kind of insects and all kind of animals. I'm not the only one that's pregnant right now or having babies. Oh, yeah. We got doves nesting in a flower pot that we have hanging on the wall right outside of our front door. I've watched this dove uh, go from uh, having eggs in there till today. We saw little babies, little baby doves in this flower pot just hanging on the side of the house. It's such a terrible... I've read that doves are bad nest builders. Um, but and, and it is a terrible nest. But I can look right out my front door and see these little doves. Yeah, and we finally saw her husband. He finally showed up. She was just sitting there for weeks by herself. And then finally the dude shows up like... Well, she got to stretch her legs. In that dude's defense, though, I think doves are the only birds that do that. At least the only ones I'm aware of that that are paired up. Okay. The other birds, those d- men just abandon right away. Yeah. Well, and then I shouldn't be giving them a hard time. Now, and we had a wren that gave birth to some babies. I mean, we had a turtle that just walked up in the yard and hung out here for two or three days. Yep. So we're really, really bringing in some life here, and it feels good. We had a we had a ton of birds this morning. We had so many birds. Now I do feed the birds, but today it was just an assortment of birds. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mailbox in our neighborhood's got poop all over. Oh yeah, and then the uh, thing that I built out back, where I had I built a there was a little hole under the fence where the rabbits were getting through. So we built a little log over it, put a little log over it, put some dirt behind the log, in between the log and the fence. I've been growing some, I got some moss growing. I got some other wildflowers coming out of the dirt. I got some other shade loving plants all around it. And I've been seeing the bunnies come in underneath the log, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, things are popping off out there. Yeah. And the, and we're going to harvest the garlic soon. And... um yeah, we got a lot of good got a stuff lot of garlic. Up. Got some beans going, some cucumbers Tomatoes coming. Tomatoes are looking good, looking better than they looked this time last year. That's true. What. And then we got some little peppers, some little jalapenos starting to come. Yep. And the strawberries are doing great. We had a little varmint getting in there, so we're not messing around with them right now. Yeah, but we're a little ashamed of this. Uh, uh, well, a little mouse is out there in the in yeah, the. We don't know if he's a mouse. I think it's a little mouse. Yeah. Well. 
But it's in there eating the uh, eating the strawberries, yeah, and they so say not, we can't be eating them now. And they say it does that does happen. And they, I did find one dead mouse out there, but so I don't like that. Not in the house, but in the yard. I mean, there is a lot of what I mean. We've seen possums, raccoons, deer, rabbits, moles. turkey, moles, groundhogs. So you know, it was squirrels. So yeah. it was bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, so we got to figure that out. But I got grapes growing. Yeah, they're looking good. The grapes are looking great. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. Yeah. And we might name our son Copper. Well, that's what Hannah's been saying, but I, I don't think so. There's you know, crazier names. Listen, if the Copper, if I could, you know, I don't think I would ever name him Copper. But, you know, if this Copper thing takes off, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, Copper slays kind of a cool name. It is. Kappa. Hey, Kappa. Kappa. Yeah, that sounds like he's a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how how would a Southern person say it? I think just copper. Copper. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's what we got going on. Uh, I'm going to be, this is going to come out on Thursday. That's when we're recording it. Tomorrow, I'm going to be in downtown Nashville doing a set at 11.45 a.m. for the CMA Festival. I think I'm at the Music City Center. I don't know exactly where that's at. I'm going to have to find that. Uh, But that's where I'll be at tomorrow, doing a short set. And then in the beginning of July, I'll be doing some Opry spots. I got three dates coming up at the Opry. And uh, as it stands, I still have a date on the calendar in June for uh, Pendleton, Oregon. Uh, part of a music festival. So I got a lot of stuff. I've been teamed up with musicians, but you know, uh, for now that's on there. We don't, you know, prov- you know, we'd like, honestly, we'd like for Hannah to have the baby today. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, he's kicking around in there. Yeah. Uh, and that feels good. Yeah. Well, doesn't always feel good. I'll tell you that much. Well, it feels good to me. It feels good to feel him. Yeah. But, my bladder hurts. I'll Does just it? say that. He's really pushing up against that bladder, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's trying to break loose. What else did you have for us on the? Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, oh, we got a we got a thing that we were. This is a little debate me and Hannah were having. Um, well, debate or is it a strain on our marriage? Well, it's it's a debate. Um, okay. That um, I don't know. Do you do you want to set it up or would you like me to set it up? You can go ahead and set it up. Well, I like to get these pints of ice cream. I try to not eat ice cream. I try to not eat it, but when I do, I like to go and get myself a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I like to go peanut butter uh, or what is it? Peanut butter. uh, Cookie dough. What? Cookie dough. No, but it's like a peanut butter cups uh, ice cream and then a chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream by Ben and Jerry's. Those are the best. I think it's absolutely delicious. And the thing about those cereals is they have these chunks in it. And if you don't get a chunk, you're basically eating vanilla ice cream. But, but you always want to get the chunk. So there's a whole method in my mind to eating a a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. You want to try to spread out your chunks throughout the ice cream so you're not left with a lot of uh, empty just vanilla ice cream. You want to have some real chunks in there. So if Hannah wants to get ice cream, sometimes she'll suggest that we get a pint, you know, and just share it. And I don't like to do that. I 
I'm of the mindset of Hannah wants ice cream. Great. I'm going to get myself a pint and then I'll get Hannah a pint of whatever she wants. I'll get her her own pint. And then, um, so then we'll bring it home. And now that I got ice cream in there, I could go months without eating ice cream. But now that it's in the freezer and I know it's in there, I got to get some. And I try real hard not to eat it all at one time. So (laughs) I'll do about a third of it. And then later I'll come and do another third. And then later I'll come and finish it off. Now, those laters could all be in one day. (laughs) But I try to at least spread it out to where it's not in one sitting. Um, And so the other day I'm sitting there. I've got my pint. Hannah's got her pint. And Hannah's is still in the freezer. I go ahead and break mine out and I start eating it. And Hannah wants a bite of my ice cream. That The ice cream that I've systematically, I mean, I've already got a system in place of how I'm going to break this ice cream down. This has been going on for years. And she wants a bite of the ice cream. I'm like, you have a whole pint in the freezer. And she's like, I don't want to open that one. And I'm like, well, I'll open it for you. <laughs> and uh, so but I just want one bite. What's the sense of opening an ice cream up? If I'm sitting right beside you, we weren't right you, beside. Well, you. I'm across the coffee table. From you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just, I really, it's like, and you know, I will only actually have one bite. Nah, well, that's debatable, though. Okay, maybe three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But even three out of a pint. But you have your own pint of an ice cream that I will eat, and eventually, eventually, I will eat it, um, because you'll let it set in there for too long. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is like you can't just give me one bite of your ice cream. You're not going to eat eat it all in one sitting. You can spare a couple bites, and I always share my ice cream with you. You've been eating on my ice cream for days now. I don't even know what state it's in because you've been eating it, and you're sitting there speechless because right. you know it's true. But you don't even want to eat the ice cream. It's all – this is – I think this whole thing is, is just designed around this. And I don't think I, – I can't give up – a bite of my ice cream, knowing that you have a fresh one in there, a flavor that I enjoy, but that's not my pick. Listen, I don't like a, I like a fruity ice cream, but I go chocolates. I go peanut butters. Yeah. We have very different. A fruity ice ice cream. cream will be fine at the end of the day, but I'm all about a chocolate or a peanut butter ice cream. But here's the thing. Is you say, I have a hard time sharing my ice cream knowing you have ice cream. Why? Why is it so hard to share? You share your money with me. You share your socks with me. Well, all right. This is hoodies. just it, though. I share my money with you, but you don't have your own money. Uh, if I, if I, if <laughs> I mean, at one point, I certainly did. You did. You did. But it's like, if I, if I had ice cream, if I had a pint of ice cream and you didn't have one, I would give you, I would share it with you. I don't believe you. I'd give you half. I don't believe you. But when you have your own ice cream in there, uh, no, that's not called sharing. That's called you attacking me. I just think it's interesting because you are a generous person. It is interesting. You're, you're caring. So generous. You're, you're kind. You're thoughtful. You you do so much for me. So Yet generous. In this instance, you become so cold hearted 
and honestly psychopathic. But you miss the real generosity. Like, who have I married? The real generosity here is that I bought you your own pint of ice cream. Which you're now eating. Yeah, but that's because you just let it hang around in there for weeks. It's like you don't even want it. Because there's no good time to eat ice cream. <laughs> well, that's, see, that's your problem. The only time you want to eat it is when I'm having some of mine. That's right, because I just want a taste. Yeah, yeah, but you... Because you can't eat ice cream at night. It's no. too much sugar before bed. If you eat it during the day, you kind of feel like... Yeah, coming from the same person, is. we stopped at a grocery store on the way to the land. We bought a... Uh, a, a nine pack of ice cream sandwiches, and she made me eat two and a half of them. Oh, the I just force fed. Well, it you down were like, you, you, you gave me. I, I, I took one on my own. One, I was like, yeah, I'll eat it. And then, and then she goes, you want another one? And I was like, well, I guess I'll take another one. Well, then, and then Daisy she goes, wanted to get in on yeah, it. And then she goes, you want a half this one with me? And I'm like, well, I guess I will. <laughs> you didn't make me do it. Yeah, You're but not that a- was a special case because I never do something like that. Yeah. Very often, I'll say, you want to get ice cream, and then I'll renege on it right away. And I didn't do that because I'm 39 weeks pregnant and I'm feeling a little frisky. Yeah. Well, I think the lesson here is if someone buys you your own ice cream, don't try to get some of theirs. Well, that's the lesson you've learned. I never learned. I didn't learn it. I've always known it. Well, the lesson that I think I've learned and that I'm very confident everybody listening understands is you. you oppress me. Well, I, I, I'd like to, I mean, I would be interested in hearing some feedback. It's not going to change my opinion on it, but it's like, you know, when Cause, I, because w- I'll be clear, all I'm asking for is one to three bites and that's it. No, I don't encroach no. upon his no, when pint. It's, when we started this conversation, it was, I guarantee I'll only want one bite. And now we've already worked our way to three bites. Well, because I'm just saying it just in the off chance that I'm like, ooh, give me another little bite. Ooh, like, you know, you right. got to finish off like, the craving a little bit. Right. That's what I'm saying. And so now as I'm working my way through, you're not going to want just vanilla bites. You're going to want some of the chunk See, in there. That's where you're wrong. You're, no. talking, you're talking about vanilla ice cream like it tastes like sandpaper, I've dude. shared ice vanilla cream with ice you before. Vanilla ice cream is delicious. And honestly, I might just buy a pint of vanilla ice cream. Well, I know you will. That's the kind of ice cream choices you make. It, it, <laughs> yeah, because it's all good. It is all good. That's why I just wish that you would just eat your own ice cream and not try to eat mine. Well, we'll see. But, um, you know, when I was a kid uh, and I I didn't have my own money, I didn't have a driver's license. I remember having this debate with my brother-in-law a few times. My brother-in-law would call me greedy because he would want to have some of my cereal and I wouldn't want to let him have any. And he would call me greedy. He said, you're so greedy. You don't want to share your cereal with anyone. And I'm like, and I finally explained it to him. I go, listen, you're a grown man. You have a job, you have money, you have a car. I don't have any of those things. I'm like, if you eat all my cereal, now I just don't have cereal anymore. I can't jump in the car and run, go buy another box. We're not talking about two grown men here going, hey, you want to go in on halves on a box of cereal? (laughs) You're, you're just eating my cereal. And then when I go, hey, don't eat all my cereal, suddenly I'm greedy. So I'm just saying, I like, I'm a big, I don't like to share. Even if we order pizza, me and you, I want to go, all right, there's 10 pieces of pizza here. 
I'm going to, five are mine and five are yours. Uh, because this is the main reason why. As I don't want to like get so ahead of you eating the pizza that now I've had six and you only get four and I don't know how many you've had. I like to get the pizza and go, this is mine, this is yours. And then we know we can take our time eating it if we if we choose to. But I like a set of rules with with food. I don't like sharing items. I like to know, all right, this is how much I can eat. And that's that's where I want to be. I want I want someone to go, this is how much you're allowed to have. And then I'll 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 work my portion. What about the cereal that I make for you that you won't share? Well, this is the thing about the cereal is that I have, I love cereal. Everybody knows that I love cereal. Well, everybody in my family knows that I love cereal. I love cereal. It's been a part of my life since I was a very little kid. I mean, I, I used to eat all the cereals. I was a big Fruity Pebbles fan, a big Frosted Mini Wheats, Honey Nut Cheerios, Corn Pops, Cocoa Puffs, uh, you know, any of, not Cocoa Puffs, actually, Um Peanut butter crunch, Captain Crunch, uh, Crunch Berries. Uh, you know, it's like you name it. Uh, I ate it and I enjoyed it. Uh, what is that? Uh, Golden Crisp. Ah, one of my favorites. That little frog sugar smacks. Dang, that's good stuff. <laughs> the I love cereal, but cereal doesn't always love me back. It, a lot of these cereals are so sugary, and then I I end up feeling bad. But I think now at my age, what I like is I like a bowl of something that I can pour milk into and eat with a spoon. It's a satisfying <laughs> treat. So my my sister told my wife about a cereal that you can make that's a homemade cereal. You use oatmeal and yogurt and maple syrup. So there's no real sugar in there. I mean, there's some sweetener, but it's not sugar. And we use real maple syrup, not corn syrup. And then you got potentially a little probiotics and you have to mix this thing up. It takes a while to mix up and then you have to bake it. And once it's done baking, you take it out of that thing and then you break up what has been baked and you lay that out on a cookie sheet and then you um, you put it in the oven uh, broil and it. broil it. For just a few minutes to dry it out. And then, yeah, so you dry it all out. I mean, so we've had incidences where we've completely burned it to a crisp, forgetting that we put it, it in there. Yeah, it takes about a day and a half to do one batch. So it's a really like uh, grueling type of cereal thing. And I don't get it very often because it takes a long time to make. And then Hannah... And then I'll have real stomach problems with, with a lot of normal cereals. Hannah doesn't have any stomach problems. Hannah doesn't have any problem eating anything. She was raised in Canada on food that wasn't quite as poisoned as ours is. And she had parents that really monitored what she ate. Yeah, she did said, not let me eat any of the cereals On Friday listed. nights, they would get a little bowl of chips and about a third of a Coke. I was drinking four or five Cokes a day, carrying a bag of chips in my back pocket if I wanted. I mean, <laughs> it was I was allowed to eat anything and everything all the time. And that's probably why I have the stomach problems. So Hannah goes through all this work to make this cereal specially for me and then wants some. Yeah, because it's good. It is good, but I'm just like, we could buy you any cereal on the planet. Yeah, it's just another example of your selfishness. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Your greediness. Well, that's what they say, but I just, you know, I just want to, you know, preserve the goodness 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm going. I even took it back from my daughter and I gave some of the cereal to my daughter. Oh yeah. I took it back. Did you? She wasn't eating it. So I took it back. Oh, I don't even know when that happened. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll share anything and I'll give anything and I'll, I'll buy them whatever they want. Even with no money, I'll still buy them whatever they want. But And it's interesting because you'll foist food on me too. You're trying to get me to eat raw yogurt and unpasteurized milk and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, dude. Trying to give you some healthy gut biome out here. Not quite right for me. Well, I ate it all and I feel great. Well, I'm not doing it when I'm pregnant though. Yeah, that's when you need it the most. Well, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I'm all about the gut microbiome out there. I mean, I've been, I got, I've been getting into the sauna. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on here, but a few months ago, I bought a sauna. I found an infrared sauna that you could buy, and it's a a, a two seater. And um, and I just, I've been waking up. I wake up every day now, like five thirty in the morning. Before the day gets going, I wake up before Hannah gets up, before the baby gets up. That way I can kind of do my own thing for a little while. And I sauna for about 40 minutes. And then I do a little workout, a light workout. I do some dumbbell uh, curls and uh, uh, like a, what do you call it when you're like bench pressing, but you're bench pressing with the dumbbells. I don't know what that would be called, but I do a little of that. And, uh, you know, then I kind of mess around with some plants a little bit. And it just feels good. And I've been into it. Yeah. So I'm not trying to eat a lot of ice cream right now. But somehow we've managed to. Yeah. But you keep buying it. Yeah. Well, I'm eating more than I normally eat because I'm pregnant. Yeah. And I weigh 170 some pounds. And I usually weigh between 125 and 130. So uh, my thighs are big right now. Well, we're eating, we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the debacle of the week. I mean, that's what's happening around here when uh, I'm not doing comedy. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, uh, <laughs> we're just being pretty domestic and. But uh, the cat, I got some cabin videos still coming. I haven't checked with the editor. He's supposed to be editing those. So I got some more cabin videos coming, but we're looking to do. More things. And I do want to do some kind of comics retreat, writer's retreat out there at some point. I just trying to get it really set up to where it's comfortable, uh, you know, because I feel like if you're going to do a real retreat, people need to stay at least two nights. You would need at least one entire day out there. I would think they would need to stay three nights so you have two full days out, uh, you know, out in the wilderness you know, writing, telling each other jokes. Are you planning on being out there with them or is it like you're just kind of renting out the space? No, I'll be there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just getting it all ready for that. We're not quite ready for that, but that is what I want to do. We're getting, uh, you know, a bit of a bunk bed situation set up there. And you're constantly coming up with some ideas for local businesses in McMinnville. We oh, finally, yeah. I finally got to visit one of the best burger joints in the McMinnville area. Tammy's. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a restaurant called Tammy's, right? And, and when you drive by it, it doesn't look like much. And it has us, it's next to a pawn shop. It's its own individual building, but it's next to a pawn shop. And it says Tammy's out front. And then she has these other little signs advertising stuff that she has. And one of the signs says 100% ground chuck, which... I guess that's supposed to mean that this is real meat out here. 
And I don't know, but the sign seems disgusting. I love hamburgers. I love beef. I love it. And I'm sure I love ground chuck. But I never want to eat anything called that. I prefer you call it something else every time I have it. Even if everybody else knows this as ground chuck and they're coming over to get it, I'd like you to call it something else when I come. Yeah, the English language can do better than that. Yes. So I just thought, but we've been there a couple of times. They got a drive through. It's a pretty normal place. It seems like inside it's got a, you know, it's got a good vibe. It, they got a lot of NASCAR stuff on the wall from the era of NASCAR that I'm familiar with, the 90s. Uh, in the 90s, the early 90s, I was pretty familiar with NASCAR. And they have this one poster. This poster is pretty iconic to me. Uh, but it's the first night race they ever did, I think. Um, maybe not the first, but I think it is the first night race they ever did. And then it's got all the NASCAR drivers who competed in this, you know. And we're talking Davey Allison, Alan Kowicki, Bill Elliott, Ernie Irvin, uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon. That's America. Richard Petty, Kyle Petty. Hallelujah. I mean, that er Dick Trickle. I mean, that era of racing. Get it going. And they got that. And we had that poster hanging at our house. And they got it on the wall in Tammy's. So me and my mom went out in there. It was a real walk down memory lane. And you know your mom wanted to go back. Yeah. And so we sat in there and ate, me and my mom and Daisy. And then some guy, I don't want to judge him, but he seemed crazy, kept looking at us and then started talking to us. And I just... Um, if it had just been me in there, I'd been fine with it, but I'm like, I got my, you know, mom who's in her seventies and I got my daughter in there and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on in here. And, uh, uh, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? What was this vibe? I don't know. He just kept talking. He kept talking about Daisy being cute and she is cute, but I'm just you like. You say it once and you leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't um, keep saying it like you can't get over it. Yeah. Sicko. So I was like, I got to get out of here. And uh, but the people that work there are very normal um, and I like it. But what I'd like to do, I'd love to do some restaurant renovation just to the outside of Tammy's. I think Tammy's would be a slamming business if the outside didn't look disgusting. Yeah, the outside looks like... I thought it was a meat shop. Yeah. I thought they just sold meat. It looks like a dirty meat shop. The first time I went in there, I thought it would be like a slaughterhouse, and I was going in there to try to buy some beef. Well, truth be told, we drive by Tammy's every single time we go to the land. So we've been driving by this place, this establishment, for three years. And you're always saying, do you want to go check out Tammy's? And every time I say, absolutely not. In fact, one time you said, I never want to go to Tammy's. Yeah, I know. Because it looks so bad. It does look and so it, bad. And you just feel like you're going to die if you eat there. But once you go in, you're like, oh, that's pretty nice. And I, don't, I wouldn't say it's nice, but it feels like a diner vibe. Well, I needed you to test the waters without me. Yeah. And that's what you did. And then once you gave it a, a decent review, I mean, sure, there might have been a pedophile involved in the first experience. But, you know, I was like, let's give it a second chance. Too. Yeah. And then your mom wanted to go back there. I said, all right. You and know. Evan, me and Evan ate there. Oh, yeah. So you've been hitting it up multiple times without me. Then, And then I went in and it had that kind of fun um, 
diner, small town vibe inside. And yeah, the outside really needs some love. Yeah. And I like a joint like that. It's not like I need it to look fancy on the outside. I just need it to not look gross. Like we, the first thing I would do if Tammy came to me and Tammy goes, Dusty, I don't have any money uh, to do this, but let's do a couple of things. I'll hear some of your ideas. The very first thing I would do was rip that sign down that says 100% ground chuck. And you'd chuck it. Yeah, yeah, I would chuck it. Yeah, that thing would be gone. Yeah. Immediately. Ain't nobody need a sign like that. No. Just say, hey, great hamburgers. Yes, exactly. Great hamburgers, real beef. Or no, just say best hamburgers in town or just hamburgers. It is the best hamburger I've had in town. There's that, yep. there's that, the, uh, you remember the barbecue place? Maybe I've already talked about this before on the podcast, that yeah. barbecue place that we went to. Riverside. Something river. Creekside. Collins River Collins Barbecue. River. Now I like the place. We've been there. That was the, probably the place we've been to the most in McMinnville. I've been there a bunch of times. And uh, that's the place where the guy like, I go, you don't have barbecue chicken? And the guy's like, I never heard of that. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> what? And then the next table behind me goes, you don't got any barbecue chicken? He goes, everybody's asking about barbecue chicken today. It's like, yeah, because people like barbecue chicken. In fact, we just started grilling chicken on our grill at home. I've only been grilling beef this whole time. We just started grilling chicken the other day. It's delicious. I'm putting grill marks on those things. Well, when you actually stay home and spend time with your family, you learn things. And I've been showing <laughs> you a meat thermometer, too. I have been getting into the meat thermometer a bit and 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 learning to use that. And I'm like, i got to be honest. it. For cooking chicken, it's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I've been guessing at chicken for years. I've been eating dry chicken just mm. so I don't die from salmonella. I know, and I've been telling you all the time with your meats and your hamburgers and your steaks and your chickens. I said, look, I got a meat thermometer. Just stick this thing in there, and then you can get it when it's cooked and juiciest and the, you just would refuse me. the beef i don't really mind if it's a little raw but sometimes we'll get a thicker steak and i it'll i'll be like this yeah looks, but dusty how just many let me tell you let me I, we'll get it we'll get it we'll go oh man this looks good and then we sit down yes and then we cut it open and we go oh, actually this is a little too raw we gotta for me. throw this thing back on so now, now we're like halfway through our macaroni salad and then we're just eating yeah. some bread, no, it's waiting true, for though. the steak to cook I more. used to like a pretty raw steak, but then I'm pretty sure I got food poisoning at a Longhorn Steakhouse somewhere in Georgia one time. That sounds about right. And I don't, I can't do it anymore. I, I just remember eating that steak and I was thinking, man, this thing looks pretty raw. And, but I was like, I like it like that. So I just kept eating it. And then I got real sick the next day. I also, I always say this and people go, well, that's probably it. But I also ate some gas station fried chicken that same day. And people go, well, that's probably it. But I've eaten a lot of gas station fried chicken. So I don't, I don't know if that's it. Yeah. But anyway. But you're so saying Collins, Collins River. Collins Barbecue. So we're there and they have what they call a smoked hamburger, right? And which is, it tastes really good. So they brought me this hamburger and that they gave me a regular size hamburger bun. And this hamburger looked like a sausage patty on there. It was so small and shriveled up. And and I asked them, I go, I go, can you give me a hamburger that's not quite cooked? And they go, we smoke them. They're all cooked. And I go, you can't do a better one than this. And they <laughs> did get me a better one. 
But it's just like, if you can't look at that little old patty and be like, is this the meal we want to be serving? When I worked at Hyman's, they used to say, you're only as good as the last meal you serve. And it's like, you that's what you want me to leave? You want me to leave Collins River Barbecue today thinking about this little old hamburger patty. That's what you want me to think about? You eat with your eyes first, too. Yeah. I do think that's true, though. You know what? I got some stuff. Some people sent me some stuff about uh, about teeth. I've not dug into it the way that I wanted to, but I talked about teeth last week. And some people backed up my suspicions about teeth and the straightness of teeth and okay. what's going on with the with – the, but, but I do think there is something to eating with your eyes. If you see something and it looks appetizing to you and you go, oh, man, that looks good, your digestive system already begins to work. Your saliva glands start to work. That's why, and you talked to me about this a long time ago, about not drinking at the same time while you're eating. Because I used to do that all the time. I mean, that's my thing. I would just- Used to. No, no, I don't do it as much at home anymore. I'm still a, a heavy drinker with, you know, water. I mean, I'll really crush water. But I mean, while I'm eating my meal, I used to, I would chew up the food and then I would, you know, swallow it down with a, you know, a a swig of water. So I try to not do that now. While I'm actually eating, I try to not drink because your saliva, you need to get that all over your food and then swallow that. And that helps your whole digestive process. So I've learned a lot about digestion. And I just think there is something, if the food, if you're like, if you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, this looks all right. And you're eating it. You're not going to digest it as well. Yeah. It's, I'm almost to the point where now it's like if food, if it's just all right, I'm okay. I don't need to eat. Yeah. That's a good way to be. You know? That's why I like a nice garnish. Yeah. A little herb on top. Oh, speaking of that, last night we made a salad out of lettuce mm-hmm. from the garden. Yeah, we might do it again tonight, too. We got a lot of lettuce out there. Yeah, and it looks good. It does look good. I made a, I made a smoothie yesterday with kale that I cut from the garden. Mm-hmm. We I got mean, so many kind of leaves out there, we don't even know what they are, but I guess we have that app now so we can find yeah. out. Yeah. But it's great. So it's like, I, I'm not trying to trash Collins River Barbecue because I've been there a bunch of times. And I'm sure they're, they specialize in pork. Uh, which I don't eat. So when I go in there, I'm getting the brisket or I'm getting the burger. The brisket's really good, but it's very pricey, very pricey. So I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to drop 20 bucks a meal out here for myself. Yeah. I mean, it's been a real window into civilization to spend time in Mimitonville because it is a little bit of a town off the radar. It's just a small, it's, it's like a, it's like a big, small town. And Begonia's that restaurant there. I mean that 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 place is really really good. And then they got a coffee place that we like to go through, and then they got a juicy wellness place. The juice is really great. But uh, they're in their own world in this town. I mean they they make their own hours. Yeah. They decide if they're going to be friendly or not. They decide if the food's going to be good or not. And I then mean, we from to, one day to the next. We went to another place called Gondolas. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a place called Gondola House here in Hermitage that we like that has pizza. But this place is called Gondolas, and it looked like a Western Sizzlin' for Italian food. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm against Western Sizzlin'. I'm just trying to paint a vibe here. We liked it, but that's where we were sitting next to the lady who said, I don't drink drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, then she gave Daisy a dollar. Oh, she did give Daisy a yeah, dollar. Yeah, she just didn't gave she? her a dollar. Yeah, that's her drink money, I guess. Since yeah. you don't drink them, you don't need that dollar. She showed me pictures of her dog. 
Oh, it was like a pit bull, wasn't it? Yeah, they're just, I I was like, well, we don't have a dog and we don't really like dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So, thanks, but, you know, I don't care, quite frankly. That is funny when people show you pictures of their dog. Now, unsolicited every time. I was hanging out with a buddy and he kept talking about his dog and I asked to see it. Mm. He was talking about how big it was. And I go, do you have a picture? You know they want to show you. Now, if you have a picture... If you if somebody asks to see it, let's do it. But yeah, I don't want to be seeing pictures of people's dogs. I, that's what I, I always, don't show people pictures of Daisy. That's what always like, used to crack me what? up when people. I'd be at a, a restaurant or something or, or walking, and people would encounter a dog, and they would go nuts for it, oh like they'd never seen god. a dog before. Oh my god! I'm like, come on, it's a dog. They're all the same out here. When I went on tour with. Um, these two girls from LA, we went on two different separate tours, one in the South, one in the West. And they would just walk down the street and lose their minds over dogs walking by with their owners. And they would never really care to talk to the owners, even though the owner always seemed so excited, especially if it was a dude, because it's like, you know, three cute girls just kind of hovering around them or whatever. But but I would never care. I would always just kind of stand there and wait for three minutes as they kind of just played with the dog and talked in dog voices. And then they started to act like there was something wrong with me that I wasn't losing my mind every time I saw a dog on the street. And I said, I don't, I mean, now that I'm saying it now, I'm thinking, well, I lived in Toronto for 11 years. I mean, I was walking the streets all the time, seeing dogs. You can't just lose your mind all the time. But it's also just like, why am I the weird one in this situation? Like, well, I don't know. People do make you feel like you're weird. Like, yeah, like they I, made me feel like I'm a sociopath. Like, I don't feel something if I, I don't did, see a dog. I was like, it's a, it's an animal. I did a podcast one time where I talked about, I did it talked about not liking dogs that much, and this guy comes onto the comment thread and he's like, uh, my mom always told me not to trust a man that don't like dogs, and it's like, so I debated with this guy for a while. And then in the end of the debate, I go, I usually find that people that love dogs hate kids. And he goes, yeah, I do hate kids, LOL. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you're a psychopath. You hate human beings, but I'm, but I shouldn't be trusted because I don't like dogs. Now, I don't dislike dogs, but I, I don't care for them. I, I'm, I'm like picky with dogs. You know, like there have been a handful of dogs that I have met. And formed a relationship in my life. And I will always, you know, and for, and usually, you know, one time I had an acting teacher and she had um, a hound that she rescued from Mexico. And I had a real connection with this hound. And for about five or six years, I was saying my favorite type of dog is a hound just because of this dog. You a know, basset hound? I don't know. He was just like a, a little hound. A real floppy ears? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And he was real sweet, yeah. real tender. And we just, you know, he was just real gentle with me. And it was just, it was just nice, you know. So I, I did get to sort of spend time with this dog. And so I'm not immune to the lovability of dogs, but I don't just see a dog. And quite frankly, these days everybody's got a dang dog most of the time when i see them they're peeing on my yard or they're barking at me as i walk in someone's house they're not the most charming in like individuals out here anymore you know they're ubiquitous they're everywhere and they're n- mostly just a nuisance and and, and then then and then you're you're hanging i didn't out really know you felt this way about dogs i knew that i did but i didn't know you had this passion i, I don't having- have a passion about it i just don't have this weird like uh, uh, like love for dogs that, that everybody else has. Like I just, 
I don't feel like that about anybody. Let's read some emails. Dang, you know, I hardly even talk to my dad. You know, it's like, why would I be like going crazy over animals? I mean, I guess I'm not tender. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that really... I really got sad at the end. Well, You're I like, I, I barely even talked to my dad. And I'm like, I don't know what that has to do with dogs. Well, I guess but, I uh, am a little desensitized. And so maybe their, uh, their um, um, assessment of me was correct. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with me. All right. Here's, here's an email. Okay. You feel good? You're good with that? Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I didn't, no, you know, we need to move on. That's for sure. Yeah. Cause I like to, you know, I like to talk about, you know, the, how I don't really care that much about dogs, Yeah, but people, people but I feel like this is getting, me. it's getting yeah, too heavy. Get upset with me. I'm not judging you guys if you love dogs, but just don't judge me because like I'm basically impartial. All right. Here's one comment. Comment is, are, are the, uh, what do you call that line on the subject line is bombing. I have been wanting to ask someone for a while. How do you know when you bomb that you should keep trying or you should quit. Let me read that again. I have been wanting to ask someone for a while, how do you know when you bomb that you should keep trying or you should quit? I do public speaking and sometimes when I bomb, I feel like I should quit. But at the same time, I have a passion for what I do, but maybe it is not for me. So how do you know when you bombed that you should just keep going? Well, uh, this is my opinion. I think if you're enjoying it, just keep doing it, right? But but then also another question is, are you getting paid to speak? Because if you're doing it for free and you're bombing, but you just enjoy it, maybe figure out how to work it as a hobby. But if you're not making money, uh, yeah, just keep it as a hobby. I don't know how you public speak as a hobby. I know how you could do comedy as a hobby. Um, but you know, that this is a hard question for a lot of people. There are a lot of comics out there that I think should quit today. Um, because, and I don't mean any big time comics that you would know, because at that point they're all being paid. So it's like, even if you see a a comic and they have a special on Netflix or they're working the clubs and they're selling tickets and you think they suck, um, they're getting paid. I mean, they're making a living. So I would never tell them to quit. But if you're like, if you're doing public speaking, you're not getting paid and it's not going well, uh, you either got to really switch it up. You really got to figure out what it is that you want to do. I used to know this comic. He was mainly did public speaking, but he would come and do my open mic. And he was just, he wanted to be a comic, but he was really just trying to practice jokes for his public speaking job. And then he got, so he had a pretty successful job public speaking, but he wouldn't do great at the open mics and he would get mad at me and he would go, oh, you put me up after all these dirty comics and then I can't do well. So then I would put him up first and he goes, oh, you put me up first. That's the worst spot. So I just put him up a little earlier and then he just quit coming. It's like I did everything the guy wanted to do and he just kept bombing and no matter what, he kept blaming himself or he kept blaming everything but himself. So I think that's the first thing you got to do. If you're bombing and you're blaming anything but yourself, even if the situation is bad, like let's say this, when I'm in, when I go and do a gig, now all my gigs are great. I almost get perfect situations every time. But back in the day, I used to encounter some horrible gigs once in a while and, um, I would, I would blame the situation. I'd go, oh, this is a bad setup. There wasn't a lot of people here. 
But if, if that were my situation every time and I was being paid, I would figure out how to make those situations work for me because you can, because I did. I figured out how to make these bad clubs work for me. Uh, and now I'm doing great clubs, but at the time I was doing bad clubs. So you just got to know within yourself, uh, is this worth it to me? Because if you're having a lot of fun and you're being paid, who cares if you bomb? But if you're not getting paid and you're just bombing out there, why even do that to yourself? Uh, do you feel good when you bomb? I imagine not. I never feel good when I bomb. Um, so it can't be making you feel good. You know, or, or maybe the subject that you're talking about um, is not the subject for you. Or maybe you're just not a good public speaker. Uh, you could join an improv. You could take some improv classes. I think a lot of people try to do that for public speaking. You could do some open mics at a, at a comedy club or, or a local spot just to work some different muscles and see if that helps you. I know that was a bit of a scrambling answer, but does that make sense, Hannah? I think, yeah, that's an excellent answer. All right, let's go here. I got a few. This is a fun one. I was listening to one of your older episodes recently, and in it, you talked about Tim Tebow and how he gets painted in an unfavorable light because he's an out because he's outspoken about his faith. Hearing you talk about it made me think of an experience I had with Tim Tebow, and I thought I'd share it with you. I'd just like to clarify, though, before I keep going with the email, I don't think he got painted in an unfavorable light because he's an out because he's outspoken about his faith. I think it's a couple of things. I think he's very polarizing and I don't think it's his fault. Uh, but he just, you know, he is very outspoken because there's a lot of Christians in sports, but he was unapologetic about his faith and he was not great in the NFL, right? Not great. I thought it was good. I thought he deserved. So that's the thing, right? I thought he deserved more, but I think because he's so polarizing that even if you put him on the bench and he's second string, people are still going to be coming to see Tim Tebow. And anytime the first string quarterback does anything wrong, they're going to be like, put Tebow in or interviews. They're going to want to interview the second string quarterback all the time. And I think that's what hurt him. But I love Tim Tebow. All right, here it goes. This is the story. It was during Tebow's stint as a pro baseball player for the Mets. At the time, I was working as a news photographer for a TV station in Chattanooga. Tim was playing for the single A affiliate for the Mets, and they were playing the Rome Braves in Rome, Georgia. Being close enough to Chattanooga and Tebow playing baseball being a big enough story, my sportscaster and I went to cover the game. We watched Tim practice and warm up, and afterwards we interviewed him, along with the other uh, media that were there for him. He honestly seemed like a genuine and great guy while talking with him. And at this point, when I'm reading the when I was reading the email earlier, I was like, uh, seeing that this is the last line of the paragraph. He honestly seemed like a genuine and great guy while talking with him. It seems like there's a turn. He didn't play very well during the game. Ultimately, he wasn't that great of a baseball player, which is why his baseball career was short-lived. After the game, as we were walking towards the front gates to leave, I looked back towards the field and saw Tim standing on the field right in front of the stands. His arms were around someone standing on the other side of the short wall from him. Their heads were bowed. Tim was praying for them. 
I noticed that there was a line of people waiting behind this person praying with Tim. Uh, I, I noticed there was a line behind this person praying with Tim, waiting to pray with him themselves. The small single A, st- single a stadium was completely sold out that night. And I'm assuming a good number of people traveled there just to try to meet Tim Tebow and hope to have an opportunity to have him pray with them and for them. As a Christian myself, uh, it was a very moving image seeing Tim welcome these people and put his arms around them. As I finally left, both both baseball teams had completely cleared the field and Tebow was the only person left waiting to pray with every last person who asked him to. Uh, That's beautiful. And I, sorry, I struggled to read that so much, but that's okay. I just think it is great. And I think that is the problem for Tim, right? It's like the rest of the baseball team. Now they all look bad, right? Because they've all left and Tim's still on the field praying with people. And I think, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think Tim, now Tim Tebow played college bat college football Just take a breath honey <laughs> yeah uh Tebow played college football for the Florida Gators right and I'm I'm an Alabama fan and so when Tebow was beating up on Alabama all the time he didn't beat him every time but when he was beating him up I didn't like him I didn't care for him and then when Alabama beat him I believe it was the final SEC championship that they played Alabama won and Tebow cried on the field and I remember at the time, I was a young 20-year-old 20, 20 guy, somewhere around in there, 22, 23. I remember making fun of Tebow. I was like, oh, you crying, you crying. But when you really think about it, when you have this long career, you put a lot of effort and, and time into your career, you have uh, an emotional moment when the game is over, win or lose, you have an emotional moment, an emotional reaction. It was probably his last game on the field with the Florida Gators. It was probably a lot of emotions. And then when he went into the NFL, I was a huge fan. What, what, what caused the turn for you? Well, now he's not playing Alabama That's anymore. It? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I like all SEC players like that. Like, I love to root against them when they're playing my favorite team. But once they go off to the pros, now it's like, oh, okay, these are our SEC guys out uh, on the NFL field. And I like to root for them. Mm-hmm. Lots of players that I didn't like in in the uh, in college football, I, I like in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so um, thank you for that email. We Let's, got an email that kind of called you out oh, in a way that did. I thought was pretty effective. Because a lot of times I'll side with my husband, obviously, because that's my duty as a wife. But um, this gentleman emailed Dusty in, uh, you know, really kind of coming at him about, you know, something Dusty had said on the podcast and then just showing his own hypocrisy in it. You think you'd be able to retrieve that, Dusty? That email? Um, Yes, I think so, but um, maybe talk for a second. Well, um, I'd just like to say I love dogs. Um, I've been a dog lover for a long time, and, um, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to express my emotions. So if I see a dog on the sidewalk, you know, I just keep walking. But that doesn't mean that I'm not, oh, that's a cute dog or, oh, maybe I'll get a dog one day. You know, I just sort of, 
you know, I, I had some trauma when I was in high school and, you know, it, it, for a long time, I wasn't able to express it to people. And now I've gotten a little better at that. And, um, you know, now I'm working on my relationship with animals. Okay. All right. That was great. Okay. Thank you for confessing that to yeah. us, Hannah. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's the email. You have no idea the satisfaction I had listening to your last podcast. The joy of hearing the frustration in your voice when you couldn't buy a bottle of water in Bama. Such a gold nugget for me. Then when you scolded those entrepreneurs about not capitalizing on the opportunities that Ray Charles himself could see. You know what he can't see? Hats in stock on your merch site. Never in stock, not even on sale in person at the show in Dallas a month or so back. Last thing is to work on talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was about you. I'll save that one for you later. Um, um, but he called me out uh, for not having hats on my website. Uh-huh. And um, What did he say about me? And then he says, hatless in Jacksonboro, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, he called you out effectively. Yes. But now I kind of feel like you're withholding. Like, what did he say about me? Well. What did he say? I don't understand it entirely. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't reveal it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, you shared this email with me. You didn't say he said anything about me. I know, but now you're wanting me to reveal it to you on the podcast. Live, baby. We'll do it live. <laughs> well, I don't know that people would agree with this. but no, I want to see what he says. Okay. Like we have he a says, real reaction. Last thing is to work on talking over your wife. We're solid past that. I appreciate you both. Dude, first of all, have you ever done a podcast? <laughs> what do you do for a living? You know, it's like I'd love to just be a fly on the wall in your intermaterial relationships. I mean, I don't think we talk over each other. I think we do a really good job. I, I think so, too. And it's just like, that's ugly. It's ugly for him to bring up. And I'm sorry that I even shouted you out and tried to coerce my husband to share the email. Because I had no idea you were slamming me in this email. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Although I guess he's kind of sticking up for me. And he's kind of more dissing you, saying that you talk. Did he say you talk over me? Oh, maybe he is saying yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. I need that. Okay. Maybe that's not about you. Maybe yeah, I Dusty, read that wrong. Dusty does need to shape up. So I talk over you? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. And you know what? You do. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank you for bringing it up, honey. Well, sorry for the confusion. <laughs> Dusty always tells me that I am long-winded. And he's right. So I appreciate the feedback from everybody. Um, and this was a, um, this is, this is a bit of a long one. Um, I appreciate them sending this. Um, he's a big fan, which is very nice. Uh, all right. He says, I just want to let you know that I'm a big fan and I love what you're doing. And I, I don't, I don't need to read all the compliments to me. I thank you for the compliments, but all right, here it is. Also, it's refreshing to see how you go about your career and that you don't shy away from talking about God. I've been a follower of Christ my whole life, but in the past few years, I haven't been too strong in my faith. I have been working on that recently, and some of that I attribute to you. I also have been staying sober from marijuana, which I also attribute to you because I've had similar issues with wanting to quit for a while like you had with drinking. Um, so... Um, 
I just wanted to address this thing that he says. I've been a follower of Christ my whole life, but in the past few years, I haven't been too strong in my faith. Um, well, does that mean he doesn't believe anymore? He's just not like praying and going to church? I don't know. And Bible. I feel like this was the wrong email. I did like this one, but I felt like it had some other thing in there. But, you know, the thing about it is, you know, it's hard to talk about this out in the real world. I mean, I have the the nice, uh, you know, the fortune of being on a podcast where I can just talk about it kind of uninterrupted and I get to explain myself thoroughly because a lot of times what happens if you're just talking to somebody in person and you're sharing your faith, I mean, they may be coming at you with stuff and they may get you confused and get, and everybody, people can get angry and then go because everybody's heard people go, Hey, I'd love to talk to you about Jesus, you know, which I've never liked that approach. I mean, the way I like to handle it in real life is to just try to be a good, nice person to people and then let people know that I am Christian. And my hope is that they see how I live and they see how I treat people. And 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 there's something appealing about that to them. Because, you know, there's freedom in Jesus. Jesus says, I, I am the truth, the light, and the way, and no one gets to heaven but through me. And I'm, I'm sure I, I butchered that, but uh, Jesus is the way. And uh, it's beautiful and you don't need anything. I know I spent a lot of time talking about commandments, but you don't need anything to come to Jesus. Uh, you know, now I believe there are some responsibilities that you bear as a Christian, uh, but to become a Christian costs nothing and can be done instantaneously. And I think sometimes, you know, people have been wronged by a preacher or they've been wronged by you know, it's like my mom and dad, for instance, they're not married, but they grew up in, in similar, they, they grew up in the same county, uh, very close cities to each other. Their parents both, my grandparents, who I didn't know very well, but their parents both really good church-going people, at least as far as I know. But then my mom and dad both claim Christianity, but are not religious at all. My dad will go to church, but does not want to talk about the Bible, does not want to talk about God, does not want to have any conversations. In fact, if he knew I talked about the stuff I talk about on this podcast, he would probably be mad at me. Um, and my uh, my mom is just doesn't like to go to church. And I just feel like they've been wronged in some way by people in the church or something's happened. Um so I realize it happens to people, but I've, you know, I've been able to separate God from the church. You know, I realize there are probably some great churches out there. People have reached out to me, encouraging me to find a church. And I bet there are some great churches uh, and they're filled with good people. I've had lots of good relationships with churches over the past. And I've, I got a lot of friends that I've made from it. But I just think it is hard to share out in the real world. But finding your own approach is the way to go. Um, here's one. This, I just got this email today. Um, uh, this, this, this lady, um, um, found my comedy, likes my comedy and loves that we're having a good time thing. So, and then she says, so we're planning a camping trip on Memorial day with two other families here in Idaho. The weather is still a little sketchy around that time of year. It could be warm. It could snow. You never know. So I wanted everyone to be prepared for the inclement weather we might experience. I knew that camping with seven kids all under the age of 14 in possibly really crummy weather wasn't guaranteed to be a good time. In fact, rough times were definitely on the horizon. So I thought, 
that keeping in mind that we are having a good time during the trip would help all of us. So I made these sweatshirts for all of us to wear. One of the other families are big fans of your comedy as well. So anytime one of the kids started crying or things just weren't going right, we looked at each other and we said, we're having a good time and laughed. Thank you for bringing so much joy to me, my husband, and all the other Dusty fans out there. We would love for you to come make it out to Boise sometime. We definitely have a good time. By the way, uh, I think Henry would be a great name for your son. Um, and this is, uh, they sent a picture of everybody wearing homemade, we're having a good time shirts, camping. Well, that's fun. It is fun. So thank you for that email. Um, I think this is a fun podcast. I feel good about it. We talked about how much we didn't like dogs, and then Hannah took it too far, then redeemed herself, and then I was withholding information that I thought was I was trying to protect Hannah, but really I uh, was protecting myself. Well, it's been a revealing podcast about you because now all your fans know that what you do with ice cream, what you do with cereal, and uh, now I know that um, you talk, I, you cut me off. You talk over me. Oh, my. But the thing is, is this is Dusty's podcast, and I'm just here to make sure he doesn't smoke too much weed during the week and doesn't do it. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, um, this was sent to me by one of my childhood friends. He, he was in the, he grew up in the trailer park with me. He said, just listen to your new podcast episode. This is where I was talking about pasteurized milk. He said, you must think drinking regular milk is weird now because that was what you think is the melted ice cream from your mom. Ha, ha, ha. You remember that joke? Dusty, how could I forget? All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. We're having a good time.